Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Championship week is over. Now it's big game week on Arrowhead Pride on a Wednesday night, February 1st, baby. Five years ago, the Super Bowl already happened today. <laughs> now we're, now here we are, man. We are, uh, it's now midway through February, daddy. And here we are on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Liggins, Chris Nacero pushing all the right things. Been in the back. I don't know why I just said that. He's not in the back. He's literally at the side. Um, you ready to, you ready to go to Arizona? You ready to do this? Yeah, this should be a, a fun couple weeks here. I think that in the grand scheme of things, like, I think it's annoying that this game takes so long and into mid-February, but mm. in this micro where the Kansas City Chiefs are just heavily injured, it's probably a very good thing that there's 13 days before the game. So let's let's just play hypothetical really fast because there is an injury report, so we do get to get into that a little bit, yeah. kind of, which that's – which is interesting because that's got everybody's head in a knot is the injury report. So we'll get into that real quick, but and then we'll get into our main story. But my thing is, is if they win on Sunday, February 12th, right? Mm-hmm. February 14th, yeah. Valentine's Day is probably the day of the parade, correct? No. They won't do it on that Tuesday? The Wednesday. They'll do the Wednesday. They've already announced that. I don't know if it's announced, but that's... Typically how it goes. Because yeah. that's a great out, Daddy, if you want to get out of Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, well, I got to go to the parade. Even if it is Wednesday, which I believe it is. Three days after the turn, after the game? Because I thought they did it on a two. The you could say that I need to, you know, I need to. Plan accordingly. Sleep early <laughs> to get out to the parade. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it's just, it, I just kind of thought about it. So we're, we're thinking Wednesday is what is what Pete Sweeney is. Because the parade, man, the parade's kind of awesome. Speaking of kind of awesome. You going to go out there? Of course. Oh, yeah. This time, I think I'll actually try to make it to, to like, uh, Union Station. Because hmm. last time, I was right at the corner where they made their last turn, and I got this close to touching the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi trophy. You going to touch it this time? I would have if Gary Lezak would have taken three more steps towards us. Did he have it? He had it in his hands, they and gave, he was like— They gave the Lombardi trophy to Gary? On God. Wow. They had, he had it in his hand. He goes— which side wants to touch it? And he like walked close to us. And I was like, Gary, bring it over, bring it over. And he got like four steps away. And then he turned around, went to the other side. And then he wow. put it back on the bus. But yep, wow. I got to see the the quarterback of the future. Give chug. me the trophy, not the weather. You know what I mean? Well, he, he can't do that anymore. New uh, new guy in uh, in the position. Gary Lee's like out. 
even though he tweets still like he's a live weatherman, which is kind he, of hilarious. He's in the weather biz. He's yeah. doing some long, long weather. He reminds well, anyways. Um, so this Super Bowl that comes up or the big game or the the champions classic, whatever <laughs> they want to call it, what's what's the more intriguing storyline for you? Because there's four that I can think of. You have four. I have four. You have the two first ever African American quarterbacks going head to head. You have the two youngest quarterbacks to ever go head to head. And the and the, yeah, I guess you could tie that together. The Kelsey Brothers Super Bowl, the Andy Reid Poetic Justice Super Bowl is the other one. Which one of those is the biggest to you? Because I think it's between Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, which will take or the the Kelsey Bowl and the and the Andy Reid Bowl. I think will take the the league by storm. I'm going to talk about it at seven, but. I'd like to know your opinion. I I think the least important is the youngest players, right? Because that feels like it's the easiest to be broken. Mm -hmm. I I think eventually we'll see that broken where a younger player might make it. Um, I think as far as history goes, right, the the two black quarterbacks facing each other Mm -hmm. feels like the most important and and certainly a, a sign of the changing of times and of times to come. I think when you're looking back at history, that's where Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, two brothers facing each other, and then Andy Reid come in, where you're remembering what Andy did uh-huh. in Philly and was able to do again in Kansas City. I, and I've said it a few times. I think what's so impressive about that is he's basically had two Hall of Fame careers with each franchise. You know, we we look at Belichick as the best head coach, but Andy Reid's kind of done it twice here, where he's had had those two. So I think that's a very cool aspect as well. So you like uh, you like Andy Reid and and the the turnaround because I feel like the Doug Peterson thing was a little, you know, like hey here's here's Andy Reid, you didn't win it, Philadelphia won it without you. Oh, and they won it with your prodigy. Like that's I think Philly's had their had their kind of uh, at you, Andy Reid, and now I think it's just it serves great. Even though the Chiefs still point and a half underdog. Well, I I think what's more interesting for for the Philadelphia side this time around is that Jalen Hurts is is a career guy there, right? Uh-huh. They really had this Cinderella-style run. And even after it, they got rid of Doug, as you mentioned. And mm-hmm. Howie Roseman, even coming into the season, there were some serious questions. I, I believe that the Eagles coming into the year were 13th as far as odds to win the Super Bowl. So this needed to happen for that organization, for them to stay intact. And they were able to get it done. He's built a nice team over there. But it's a little bit different because, because of Hurts and not Foles you kind of get this feeling on the Philly side that, that they're not going anywhere to an extent. The Chiefs have already established that. And so I also think it's two teams, and this is another storyline, that have had recent Super Bowls. You know, I, I imagine the rest of the country is looking at this game in, in, in a way being like, can we get some other teams in there? But unfortunately, in the AFC side, the answer has been, for the most part, a resounding no. And the last time two one-seeds played in the Super Bowl, Philadelphia, New England. So Philadelphia, no stranger to the street. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. All right, Pete, this might be our most important segment of the evening. Yeah. Because I can't get enough questions a day, and I'm not even you, man. Like, you're the most, I don't know, you're probably top three Chiefs beat guys in the entire city. Probably top two. Got it. And it's not two. Um, to take a line from Tyreek. But uh, this is the report that Chiefs have given out today. Uh, let the people know who did not, who was limited, who won't, who's who's we're worried about the most. Yeah, let's be clear here. Here, The Chiefs didn't practice today, so these are estimations. Right. I have found, because they occasionally will do these estimations if 
They do it for you, usually for Thursday night football because they don't practice on Monday. And what I have found is that it can look very different tomorrow. So take these with a grain of salt when they actually take the field. But the would not have practiced was McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony, Legarius Sneed, both Trey Smith and Willie Gay would have been limited. So a couple receivers there with the, with the DNP. <laughs> What's most concerning or who, I guess, is the most concerned name on that list for you, Pete Sweeney? Probably Legereus Sneed, even though the, the defensive backs had a nice night the other night. I think right there with him is Juju Smith-Schuster. Nicole Hardman and Kadarius Tony. I, I like these guys, but they they feel like more luxury players than necessity, right? Yeah. You need the steaks, and maybe you get the mashed potatoes, but you got to have the steak or you're not eating dinner. Juju Smith-Schuster and Legereus Sneed are steak guys, whereas Hardman right. and Tony are especially with the night that Sky Moore had the other night. You're, you're feeling a lot better about that. So those concern me the most, Smith-Schuster and Sneed, and especially Sneed because Smith-Schuster can get some treatment on this knee. We'll see. It has bothered him before. Concussions are just a little bit unpredictable. Right. So, Especially with today's protocol. It's very hard to predict. Concussions and then illnesses, and Sneed has this concussion protocol again the Chiefs are fortunate that this game isn't Sunday for that reason because he's just such a a key player you'd love to see him back in the next one you play the Eagles is this why the Chiefs are plus one and a half right now as the underdog in this game or is it just because they look at team overall defense and offense and whereas the offenses might be a wash or maybe you take Philly over Kansas City but the defense Philadelphia is substantially better than Kansas City I don't get the spread I don't either I really don't I I I think it you know, if you want to sell me on pick I'm sure. But if some team is going to be favored, I, I think the Chiefs should be slight favorites. I, In my mind, I have the Chiefs minus three. Like, that's how I see the game. Mm-hmm. And as you examine the Eagles, we don't pay a lot of attention to the NFC, so I've just started to do this this week. And they haven't played anybody. You pull up their schedule. They really have not had a lot of impressive wins. Now, but their division was really tough. Now, what I would I'd tell you, though, is that against these lesser teams, they smack them. So, you know, you have that aspect where, okay, maybe you're not finding the big-time wins that the Chiefs have had leading up to this, but they were dominant performances. And so maybe the odds makers think that, that that's going to be the, the way it happens again. Maybe the betters feel that way too. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like by the time this thing kicks off, the, there's going to be some sharp moves that make the Chiefs the favorite. I, I don't think this thing is staying there. I think once they practice, that's where it moves. Uh, Philadelphia side, there's a lot of DNPs. No LPs, no plays, nothing. Uh, Philadelphia's injury report, if they were to miss, is quite intriguing as well. Yep, you have Cam Jurgens, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, Robert Quinn, and then Avante Maddox. Foot slash rest for Robert Quinn. Rest, when they put rest on it, uh, that usually indicates that they'll be back tomorrow yeah. and they all have rest. So this could be the Eagles playing with the injury report. The NFL, this is a little <laughs> bit of a soapbox thing that I have. And is this a Costanza moment? The NFL needs to figure out these injury reports right. because not every team is treating them the same. They're, they're really not. I mean, I said that about the Jaguars and I've said it about the new England Patriots, the chiefs for the most part do it by the book of, well, like you even saw on Friday. Yeah. I don't know if they, love the idea of Travis Kelsey's back thing getting out there, but it happened, right? So they put it on the injury report. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think every team 
follows it exactly right, which is just it's a, it's a thing that annoys me that probably is not going to annoy people that don't work <laughs> in the business. Because now you have to write about it, yeah, right? Just, there it is. Yeah. There Actually, it is. Don't give me any extra work, right? Okay. I don't get, I don't get paid by the word. Oh, man. Speaking of somebody that gets paid by the views of the videotapes, Ron Kopp Jr., our lead analyst at, not ours, Pete Sweeney and Arrowhead Pride's lead analyst, lead field analyst at Arrowhead Pride. He'll join us next year on Arrowhead Pride Radio on a Wednesday night. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Radio night. It's Wednesday night. Uh, big one upcoming here in about uh, 10 days and less than 24 hours. Like 10 days, 23 hours away from uh, the Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles in the uh, the big game. Never understood why you can't say it sometimes. Like there's like reasons and times that you can't say it. Marketing stuff. Yep. That's where our world is. Can't say Super Bowl till you say it now. Uh, Ron Cobb, Arrowhead Pride's lead uh, analyst. Ron, how are you this evening? Are you are you a little bit more amped out after that game on Sunday night? <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I was going to ask, can I not say Super Bowl? Are we not allowed to, to say Super Bowl on here? Because I'm going to say Super Bowl quite a few times. I say, I hope I hope that's okay. Yeah, this just reminds uh, me of Ben. <laughs> this reminds me of Ben Stiller saying "bomb on an airplane." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, not, not that bad. Not yeah. that bad. Uh, no, man, it was. Heck of a night. I hope uh, no one at Arrowhead gets mad at me that I snuck in a victory cigar to, to sweeten the moment as the confetti came down because wow. I was there. I was able to take in the moment, and uh, mm. it was great, man. I'm, I'm glad this team this team did it. There were some doubts, and, and, and the crowd felt it, but uh, they came through as, as they usually do, guys. They usually do. Speaking of the uh, KCPD there, Dusty. Yep. Um, <laughs> they were right behind me. No one's listening, right? No no police, yeah. Nope. Uh, so you were kind of like Patrick Mahomes. So you were actually like Pat Mahomes, not Patrick Mahomes. Right. Right. I mean, you know, there was a little, maybe a, uh, a thought of taking a shot at Joe Burrow in that moment there. But, you know, a victory cigar is just a victory cigar. I mean, you got to have one every once in a while, you know, when you get a, when you get a big dub. So that's right. I think it was, it, you know, it's just in general, no shot at Joe Burrow. Maybe a little bit, but. Fair enough. So where I want to start <laughs> this conversation is the fact that Patrick Mahomes is down his top three wide receivers. Um, and MVS really stepped up. What did MVS, what was he able to do that maybe he hadn't really done all season or maybe very, very seldomly all season, but it seemed like he really figured something out in that, in that second half and became the guy that a lot of people at the very beginning of the season said MVS was Mahomes' first number one. Yep. Including uh, the man sitting with you, Pete Sweeney. Uh, he was, he was definitely one of the first people on that. Um, and, <laughs> and really? the thing is you saw, you, you saw that, uh, 
we saw the, the thing that happened was the Bengals really, really, and it's why you saw the Chiefs run game struggle so much. They really forced, um, you know, the, the uh, or they loaded the box, I should say. They really brought their safety up and really wanted the, the Chiefs run game to have tr- uh, trouble because I think, you know, Pat's ankle, I think they knew, you know, there's going to be some limitations there. And what that did was open up uh, the seams in the, in the outside sideline where MVS is best, right? That is where he excels. His strength in his game as a receiver is getting down the field, getting vertical, getting through physical coverage without breaking his speed, without breaking the timing of the route, and, and getting downfield. And, and honestly, you know, having a pretty good catch rate. So we've had issues with him this season catching, the, catching passes, but it seems like when he drops passes, it's more mental. It's more it's, it's, they're the easy passes. He has the catch rate, and you saw it on a couple of those plays where he has to turn and adjust. And so that's where it, it wasn't just the injuries that, that forced MVS to step up. The Cincinnati Bengals were actually kind of giving them favorable looks for MVS on those corner routes. That, and, and, again, that is where he's best. But at the same time, you talk about the injuries. He did have to step up when you saw the – or he, he was the uh, cross uh, – the, the, excuse me, the, the, uh, the check down on a, on a play, and he took it for 25 yards. You know, that's not usually his role. You know, he had the one play where he reaches out between, you know, while, while being tackled and gets the first down. He's not usually getting the underneath stuff and having to do any of that, you know. So, and obviously the touchdown is another great example of just a, a great catch. And so, um, yeah, MBS completely stepped up with a huge – I call him the MVP of the offense uh, of the offense for Sunday. I really think he was a, a big deal and, and sealed himself as kind of a, an all-time Chiefs legend now, putting him in the Super Bowl. So, if it was MBS on offense, it was certainly Chris Jones on defense. What did you like in Chris Jones's game that maybe we didn't see that first time around? Man, he was just on another level of ferociousness. I mean, you could just see it and he, with his hands, with his, his legs, how, how fast they were churning, his, just how rapidly he was, he was trying to get away from blocks. I mean, it was just a man on a mission, and, and it was unbelievable to see, honestly. I really think even if you had maybe a, a, you know, a healthier offensive line, I'm not saying you, know, you put him against a Hall of Fame offensive line, he does the same thing, but – even a, a good offensive line, I think he was going to wreck that game. And, and, and so it just, you know, multiplied by the fact that they had some inexperienced guys in there. Love the fact that Spags moved them around. And, and he even moved, you know, it sounds like sometimes Chris Jones is even moving himself around trying to get those matchups. And, and he just completely dominated the game. I mean, it really was, he was the biggest factor in the game completely, you know, offense or defense. And, and he definitely, you know, was, was, you know, I think, you know, you look back at some of the most dominant postseason performances from a defensive lineman in history. I mean, it's going to go down in there, man. And, and I really feel like, you know, one thing that's kind of underrated to, to think about after a season that he's had like this is, you know, he's kind of put himself in the position to maybe be, you know, a Hall of Fame player one day if he continues on a certain trajectory. So Whoa. games like this are going to put you in that in that conversation. So that was it was just an epic game. And I think we really need to recognize how epic it was. Ron, this week, or I guess 10 more days, it's uh, it's Chris Jones versus Jason Kelsey. Is that a matchup that you're intrigued with, or is that one that is just one of those heavyweight bouts in this big-ass game? Right. It's, it's, it is a heavyweight bout, but at the same time, you know, the Eagles are a team that, you know, haven't seen something like Chris Jones, um, you know, in, in terms of the inside. You know, the Niners have great edge rushers, right? And, and a lot of their, you know, the Cowboys have great edge rushers, but – that's what makes Jones so unique about being an impactful defensive player is he does his work from a different position than most, you know, dominant pass rushers do, you know, it's just offensive lines, pass protections are used to being able to, you know, take advantage or, you know, uh, defend, you know, from the edge, you know, guys that are really making an impact on the edge. So, you know, that's where Jones really makes a difference. You know, yeah, the, the Eagles, you know, they've had some, a little bit of, of bang ups on their offensive line this last game. And, 
And I hate to tell you, you know, Jason Kelsey's a great center, but, you know, it's not because he can man up and, and really, you know, take on a guy like Chris Jones and, and, and you know, beat him up. It's it's because, you know, he can move well and, and has the nimble feet. So he's going to have his – he's going to need a partner to, to deal with Chris Jones, and he will, obviously, with guards. But, yeah, I, you know, it, it's a heavyweight bout for sure. I mean, Chris Jones is going to give them all they can handle, I would I would say. We just got our first information about this game today, Ron, and it's that estimated injury report. The estimated did not practice was Kadarius Tony, McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Legarius Sneed. Who on that list concerns you the most and why? Man, I, I will say Legarius Sneed. I, I do think the Chiefs, I, I love how the rookie corner stepped up in the AFC Championship. There's no doubt about it. I think there was that was a great um, performance by all three of them. They all deserve a lot of credit, but when we talk, we just talked about that Chris Jones and, and the Eagles offensive line matchup. Chris Jones is not going to be able to maybe have that same sort of impact, you know, I, I'd say against the Eagles, especially just because they're, they're a more balanced team. And I think the quarterback run game will also kind of force the Chiefs defense to do some things. All that to say, Sneed's size and, and speed against a guy like A.J. Brown is going to be a huge part of this game. A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL, but, but it's because he's, he can move very well. He's very quick in space for how big he is. And that's exactly what Snead is, right? You know, Snead's a bigger, longer dude, uh, you know, a, a very physical guy, but he's a cornerback and he can, he can run. And, and, and so it, it's, it's, that's why he's such a good matchup. And they do have, you know, guys like Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, that can try to match up physically, you know, they're longer guys. And, you know, McDuffie, obviously, you know, is just a, a great cover corner, but Snead's, Snead's size and, and just his overall ability as a defender, you know, he's so important to the defense against a guy like A.J. Brown, against the quarterback run game, too, I will just say, you know, him around the box is going to be important. So, yeah, it's definitely Snead. Well, Ron, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. It'll be a little bit more amplified because it'll be a game a little bit uh, a little bit closer to our conversation. So I anticipate you'll be uh, zoning in on this extra week to look at more in-depth of the Eagles or let, I guess, people know what you will be doing uh, on this bye week before the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to uh, throw an extra film review out there on on just Mahomes' game from Sunday cuz mm. you know, we do need to recognize that he had a, a very good game himself, but I just think there was enough. I had an MVS film review and I think he deserved the spotlight for one piece, but no, you're right. Going ahead, man. I'm excited to dive into the the matchup. I, you know, the Eagles are a really good team, man. They're here for a reason. So, I said it before the the the, the AFC Championship kind of looking ahead if we if it was the Eagles it's going to be a really really hard game and, and nothing has changed about that so uh yeah I'm, I'm excited for it RKJ enjoy the week and uh we'll look forward to talking to you next Wednesday here on Arrowhead Pride Radio all right Dusty Pete I appreciate you guys yeah have a good night Ron uh Ron Cobb Jr. lead film analyst at Arrowhead Pride um Pete I'm interested to know I'm interested to know because a pretty big figure stepped down today and another one is starting to step up the older he gets. So when we come back, I have two big questions for you, both that involve Patrick Mahomes here on 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Remember, at Arrowhead Pride, if you have a question, 
for one Pete Sweeney this week at Arrowhead Pride or we'll let you get on the text line 913-586-7610 here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens with you. It is a Wednesday night. Seems like uh seems like a big, big tease this whole week before the Super Bowl. Not a fan, not a fan of it. You don't like the two weeks. No, nah, I mean I do this year because of injuries, but uh I am uh I, it just seems way too long. Right. Seems like maybe we should play the game on a Saturday. Hmm. I mean the NFL does a lot of rule changing at the spur of the moment. I have enjoyed the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania being on Saturday. Smart. Right? Especially, I never, this, especially this year, the Royal Rumble moving it from, especially if you're going to throw in guys like, was it Paul? Logan Paul? Was it Logan Paul? Sure. Yeah. He's a Saturday guy, yeah. They're Definitely. flying across the ring. Good that point. was nice. Yeah, I, I think it could work. I, I would love to see Super Bowl Saturday. You'd have to cut off one day of that media craziness. But you're having two weeks anyway. It's not like you're cutting down rest by any means. And yep. how great would it be to wake up and for most people not have to go to work whether it be tired I don't tell me about it man it sucks <laughs> is that you I don't know sometimes depends are you gonna are depends you gonna, on the sketch are you not working at, at 2 a.m. after the Super Bowl too? I hope not man I finally got like it's funny that Chris is here because like I finally got that that AFC championship game like I didn't have to be here at 2 in the morning sure because the boss sent out the rundown well at first he sent a rough draft rundown of like what we were gonna do if the Chiefs won mm-hmm. And it was like, Dusty Chris, 2 a.m. And I was like, man, again? Yeah. Like, not that I'm not happy that I get to talk sports with Chris and all that kind of stuff, because we'd make it work. But it's right. like, you got to tame yourself. And then they sent out the final rundown. It was like, no, you're going to do five hours in the morning, then you have the day. Wow. And Chris scared the living hell out of me. Oh, did he? Yeah, because he texted me at like 1030. He was like, what time are you going in? And I was like, Ooh. man, I am not going to be there, Daddy. Like, no way, man. Wow. We are not going to be there tonight. Doing a double shift, possibly. Yeah, not yet. Okay. I, and plus, there was no way. I mean, I'd had to Uber here. Wow. Well, That's enough information. Yeah. Okay, so Tom Brady hangs it up today. Okay. Mahomes, um, in the shadow of that, has been to five Super Bowl, or he's played in five years. He's gone to three Super Bowls. He's won one, lost one. We don't know this one's outcome yet. But are we witnessing no rose-colored glasses? But are we witnessing the next one in sports? And then I have a follow-up question, Brad. I don't think yet, and it's unfair. And I, and I just think it, it, it's one of those is-what-it-is things. In the scope of American sports, everything's judged on championships. And Pat, unfortunately, is a guy that only has one at this stage. Now, if you ask me this same question 12 days from now, and that is two, Mm -hmm. I think we're a little closer there, but we're still maybe one or two away from putting him into that realm. you got to get somewhere in the vicinity to be considered. I feel that way about Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, too. And I think that these guys know it. I mean, I... You're judged so, and I, maybe you shouldn't be, but you're judged so much in a team game on whether or not you have X amount of Super Bowl rings. And while I, I look at Pat as Michael Jordan, I look at him as clearly the best player in the NFL, there's not going to be a Brady until mm-hmm. there's another Brady that approaches the four, five, six, seven ring range. So if he gets two, though. Yeah, it's one closer. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's it's. Four is, I think, where we kind of 
sit back and we kind of look at what Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has done in his first five years. Like the guy's never played anything less than the AFC Championship game. Um, he's going to win two MVPs. If he wins the Super Bowl, he'll probably win MVP. So he'd have two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl trophies, three total visits, two league MVPs, one offensive player of the year, 27 years old. Like to me, that solidifies to me enough that with everybody else being retired, Aaron Rodgers is the next. And then that whole like class is completely gone. But that just kind of puts the spotlight to where it's like, no longer will we have the conversations of is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes this way is Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I think at this point, if he does win big, big, if, if he wins the second Super Bowl, I think it is Patrick Mahomes. And then I think, you skip about two levels and then you start your conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, I, as far as active players go, that's that's true. Yeah, I'm. I mean, in the grand scheme of anyone better than Brady, like, no, I look yeah. at I look at the Jordan thing where you know he does have the the six rings, and then you have people that are LeBron fans and then Kobe fans, and they have four and five respectively. They're in the neighborhood, so now those fans have an opportunity to be like, yeah, he might not have X amount of rings, but he's close. And here's why I think he's the best player of all time. If you're talking about just active players, mm-hmm. to me, I mean, it's not much of a question, especially if Mullins gets this win. It's not much of a question. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about is that now that Brady is gone, because mm. I think even with Brady in the league, I mean, I, I really do believe this. I don't know why. I think that this is just who he is and the reputation that he's built, but is Patrick Mahomes now the there's a minute 13 left in the game. I need one guy player blank to go down and win the game. Is he now officially that guy like Tom Brady was for so many years? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think in those hypothetical conversations that they need to have in, in March and you know, as you get to May where you have the round table on first take or get up or whatever is on Fox sports. And they're like, well, who do you want in that spot? I don't know how you couldn't say Mahomes after what he's been able to accomplish when they put up those charts on social media and it's comparing quarterbacks when they're down. Mahomes is just so far of everyone else in in NFL history when Mm -hmm. it comes to quality of performance, when his team is down record, when his team is down X amount of points. And so, yeah, I mean, if if you're trying to have a debate show and, the script, which has mm-hmm. been a hot buzzword this week. The, the script says, no, you got to take this side. Maybe you get that conversation. But if you're being realistic, I don't know how you're picking anyone but Mahomes. You okay with the crispy white look at the Super Bowl? Was there a, do you think they'll go white-white or do you think they'll go white-red? I would be – I know a lot of people care about this. I'm, I'm not a big, I am one of those people. I'm not a big uniform guy. Big I, uni guy. I would be stunned if they went white-and-white. White. Really? Stunned. Yeah, I just don't think that they will. I, I would love it. I think white on white with the Red Sox is their best possible look. Because Philly's going all green, right? I'm not sure. Okay. I thought that was the rumor. They might be. I don't I don't know if they're gonna do a color rush Super Bowl. I, I just Boy they should. I just know that it took a long time for the Hunt family to be cool with using parts of their uniform with another part, right? Red on red and white mm-hmm. on white. Like they're a very traditional organization, very traditional family. And I believe that it all kind of stems from Lamar Hunt being that way. And, you know, like this is a little bit more, but Lamar Hunt can change his mind on that. He was very set. And I think that's part of these are the chiefs. They're going to 
dress accordingly. And I just think you're, you're not going to see the, the Chiefs with an alternate uniform in the Super Bowl. That's just my take on it. I hope I'm I'm wrong. I think it'd be very very cool and very very clean to see the white on white with the Red Sox, but I'm I I, I just have a lot of doubts because they wore red on white against San Fran, right? Or do they wear white against San Fran? Red. They wore red. This Tampa, is the first time the yeah, white jersey. I'd say Tampa. Yeah. Red, and now they're they're going white. Yeah, because Philly gets to pick, so they had to. Yeah. Well, they weren't going to do green and red. What is it? It's not Christmas. Okay. But that's yeah. That makes it easier if you think if you're, like, a player. I think it's going to be a very clean-looking game with the green and, and white. Yeah. I didn't – I didn't. for what it's worth, I didn't love the way the Chiefs, 49ers, Chiefs, Bucks, Super Bowls really looked aesthetically because they're just – their jersey colors are too similar. These are two distinct, separate colored jerseys. It'll, it'll look a little bit cleaner. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of dig the – I just hope they go white on white. That just looks a lot cleaner. I don't know. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. If you have a question or a thought or a concern for young Pete Sweeney, you can do it on the text line, or you can go to at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter and ask away there. We get into your questions and do the Arrowhead Pride mailbag. We return on six ten Sports Radio. Listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Soon to have some mailbag questions for one Pete Sweeney. Give you some time to get him in here real quick. 913-586-7610. You are listening to the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Christian Nacero running the operations. That's not it. Luke's in there as well. Luke. Yeah. I am your father. New Luke. Yeah. New member of the band. It's like the E Street Band. They'll be in Kansas City in 17 days. Your boy will be there. Where are they playing? T-Mobile Center. I am so juiced. A lot of money on this concert. Really? Yeah. Xavier better come back then, huh? Eh. Tie game. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. With Pete Sweeney. Uh, Pete Sweeney. Editor-in-chief of One Arrowhead Pride here on 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio, but again, it's everybody's questions. Pete, maybe something that you skipped over. Text line, not happy with you. I think they should go white on white. I mean, the alternates is what they call them, but old Lenny Dawson Chiefs wore white on white all the time. That's from the 816. Yeah, you know what? That's a a fair point. I didn't actually think about it from that angle, and... Mm. This, if there's ever a year to pay tribute, this would be it, right? So maybe they do go in that direction. That, there's probably a better chance to, in in them going that way than maybe I was giving you credit for last segment. From the 913, hey, 
What might be the Chiefs' plan of attack against the Eagles? Is it anything like the game plan they had against the Cincinnati Bengals? Thanks, guys. Man, it it better be something similar to lining Chris Jones up in a number of different areas of, of that defensive line for that team to have confusion. I mean, he was on the edge 18 times. He was at different spots in the middle for a combined 29 times. He was out on the the right edge a handful of times. Bengals didn't know what to do. So just line up Chris Jones as many different ways as possible. Let him let him go. On offense, you kind of got to see what your personnel is. I think the big thing that's beginning to jump out to me about the Eagles is their rushing attack. I, I think if you can find a way to stop that run, you put yourself in a, in a good position and pouring some points on would, would help them in that, that facet too. Um, this one's from Dylan on Twitter or at Chiefs DXB. I don't know what that means. Um, what do you reckon uh, will be the biggest issue versus the Eagles, the rookie secondary or injuries or their run game? I guess he's talking about the Eagles run game. Mm-hmm. I think the injuries, I, I just feel like if this team can be as healthy as they were entering the conference title game, Regardless of who you're playing, I think the Chiefs are the best team. I know the Eagles have probably been a little bit more consistent as far as all year long. Mm-hmm. But if you can just get healthy and everybody can play and everyone feels healthy and it's not like anyone's going to be holding anything back, then I really like the Chiefs' chances. This from the text line from the 75. Pete, is it time to rebuild the wide receiver room? Kelsey is getting older and Canarius, Tony, and Juju seem fragile. Well, I think the Chiefs were trying to do that with trying to get a wide receiver in Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. You saw them go to the veterans a little bit more this year, but you turn the page the next year. Juju's not under contract. McCall's not under contract. I think Sky's going to get more of an opportunity within the offense. Kadarius, it it is concerning of, of how often he gets injured, and it's mm-hmm. a shame, too, because, Dusty, you've seen this. A healthy mm-hmm. Kadarius is is a nasty it's a sight to see and it's a shame that he just cannot find a way to to stay on the field i i'm wondering about Kadarius for this game because we thought it was an ankle injury but if you really look at that injury report today it also lists the hamstring which kept him out what for five or six weeks so Mm -hmm. i'm not as optimistic. if if there's a player i'm least optimistic about right now it's Kadarius tony this is from jesse neener on twitter or neener jesse is at neener jesse after mvs's dominant outing do you think he should get more looks even if a majority of the receivers are back? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think he stepped up in a, in a big spot. I think you still got to be going to more to the guys who, who, who got you in this position. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's Kelsey and, and Juju and, and what became Isaiah Pacheco and guys like, like Jarek McKinnon. Now, if you're banged up, Marquez Valdez-Scantling proved that he can get the job done. I think his game only helps the variety that the Chiefs can bring to the table as far as their offense, where you know maybe there is a thought process. Look how well this guy played in the conference title. Maybe he could be a weapon for them, and it could open other things up as well. Uh, every time someone else, you know, whoever it may be, has a good game, I think it just makes the Chiefs' offense more interesting. This is uh, from the text line from, the, from Twitter as well. Uh, at CBA at CBC Tom, it's kind of an answer probably already, but it says there seems to be a 
scarcity of information about the injury status of Schuster, Tony Hardman. What's the expectation for when there will be an update? Obviously. So we've been talking a little bit about injuries mm-hmm. all show. And, and I, I gave a little bit of the analysis, but we'll get a little bit more of the definitive stuff tomorrow when we speak to Andy Reid. The plan is to talk to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and a couple players tomorrow, and then more players and coordinators on Friday. And the good thing about this playoff buy, which I know has given you some disdain, Dusty, is that they do put out an injury report. So we should get, in a way, a progress report as the week carries on. So this is from me. Oh. At Dusty Likens on Twitter. Okay. How concerned are you with the field that they're playing on mm. for the Super Bowl? Because this has got to give, like, Harrison Butker nightmares. Well, you got George Toma out there. He's, he's taking a look at it. That's I, good. I think it's got to be better than it was week one. It's the biggest stage in the world right now. Like, it's, it's, there's not a bigger game outside of the World Cup than you're, the Super Bowl. You're referring, referring to the Harrison Butker and Trent McDuffie turf monster. Yes. Yeah, you know, it got that field that that first game. It had some Shakira Mexican vibes to it. Remember when Mexico City, the Chiefs were supposed to go down to Mexico City, and there was mm-hmm. a Shakira concert. They had to it's move. It's baby. And it seemed like something must have happened at that field before the game because it was bad. I mean, it wasn't just McDuffie and Harrison Butker. It was constantly f- slipping and sliding all game. I have to think that Andy Reid and and company who. If you remember, after that game, they were a little bit vocal in saying this. This needs to be better, and in in more ways than one, where you know they weren't happy that they lost their first round pick and, and their kicker for so long. So my thought is, this field will be in top notch condition by the time this game kicks off. Yeah. This is from the text line, Pete. When are you traveling to Glendale, Arizona? Still working on figuring it out right now. I'd like to go on Sunday so I can be in a good position on Monday night mm-hmm. to go to. The media night, which is a very popular event at the Super Bowl, but you want to get turned up with your fellow friends. Well, not on Monday night, uh, Sunday all, night, all business. Well, no, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a work week, a lot of work to be done out there in in Arizona. Who's the one guy that everybody knows that like you kind of want to go kick it with? Alex Gold, definitely. I hate you. <laughs> you don't think that's a real answer? No. I feel like he's a big bedtime by nine guy. Big day tomorrow. <laughs> got a show. You know, I don't. I don't know if he's the guy you want to go out with and have to worry about what time it is consistently. Like, he's one of those guys. Just, just let it flow with the with the night, man. My just, my fellow Chiefs beat member. I'm sure Nate Taylor and I will will get together out there at some point. In I feel like I feel like Nate could really sure. Get Do you have more confidence in McDuffie now after the numbers he put up against uh, Jamar Chase going up against AJ Brown? I had confidence in McDuffie, McDuffie before. That was, but like at this level, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, I think the Eagles controlling the game scares me more than individual receivers. That's why, like the the conference title game was a good test. You didn't want to lose Legarius Sneed, but you did, and you were up against Jamar Chase and and T Higgins and a really potent Bengals offense. And to hold that team at twenty was was really impressive. And McDuffie's just been nails. What a what a slam dunk pick for. Years and years we said that Brett Veach wasn't going to take a high-end day one cornerback, and for this first dart, mm-hmm. he, he hit a bullseye. Worried about the referee of the game? Carl Sheffers? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think sometimes in these situations, these referee rivalries might be a good thing because, and, and let me explain, because I know okay. I know fans are worried about this. I think it's so out there and such a thing by this point that he might go above and beyond to prove that there isn't a vendetta against okay. the Chiefs, where the Chiefs might get some calls because of it. So I don't think fans should be that worried about Carl Sheffers. There's no way on the biggest stage the trend of <laughs> messing with the Chiefs is going to continue. I mean, that man cried at Arrowhead. It's too much in the it's too much in the open, and and, and people are too aware of it. So. Okay, that's what that's my theory. Uh, I'm I'm going to stick with it. My last question, because I haven't asked you about this, what do you think about the Monday after everyone blaming refereeing on mm-hmm. this game? Like for the first time, yeah, it's not Chiefs fans. <laughs> like I get it. Like when they played New England in 2018 and. Edelman 100% touched that football on that punt return. It showed in slow motion his thumb moving, and they didn't give the Chiefs the ball or that touchdown they scored. Um, it was, hey, well, this, this. And then in overtime, hey, we didn't get to touch the ball. Like, well, that's unfair. And now it's like the refs want – like you saw the picture of Mahomes and the referee yeah. doing the jersey exchange. I, I think what should be annoying to Kansas Cityans and Chiefs fans is if you see another NFL change this offseason, which I would not be stunned because of how upset the – fans in general were this year, Chiefs fans included, about the entire year of officiating, you see them go to more full-time officials and just getting that a little bit shored up because I just don't Mm -hmm. think you ever want to be in a a situation where people are so often questioning the refereeing. Yeah. What do you got going up with this week? Obviously, you got to pack. You got to get your toothbrush ready. Yeah, uh, gotta get the car. You know, gotta get the car. Trying to up. figure out this. Don't this forget Ari- that important step. Trying to figure out this Arizona th- stuff out. Uh, get packed up. We'll be at Arrowhead tomorrow for media. So we'll be getting some new quotes and stuff on the, the website tomorrow. So check that out. And then, yeah, eventually at some point here, hope to be headed down to to Arizona and and continue the coverage down there. And we'll see what ends up happening here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking for their. Second Super Bowl title in four years. Whole week in Zona. You taking the sticks? Going to maybe play around? Taking the sticks. Yeah, golf clubs? No. Okay. Too busy? No time. No time for golf. I wish. I wish. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll head back there. So will you be the guy on radio? Like, do you think you and McAfee will link up? I don't know. Because you guys are boys. Sure. Sometimes. Sometimes we'll, uh, we'll talk, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens when, when you get down there. You got to get down there first. That's the mm-hmm. key. And you get your bearings. Well, I can't wait for uh, your big boss to say that it's okay that I go with you and they fund it for both of us. That'll be really awesome. You want to um, sneak in the car? I would, in a heartbeat. You know I would. <laughs> I'm, I, this is not me trying to sell this to the listeners. I would 100% ride with you all the way down. And it'd be the best trip of your life. I don't know about that. I guarantee it. Okay. You seen The, la- you seen the Last of Us? I, I love it. That'd Thank be you and I. <laughs> okay. What? Okay. Going and, like, protecting the world is what I mean. Yep. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.